0: This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Coming up, Subversity with Dan Zhang. This week is Disorientation Week at UC Irvine, and we're going to be talking with the folks who are disorienting it um, coming up. Uh, and the opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the regions of the University of California, nor the management of KUCI. Um, stay tuned. This is Dan Sung with Subversity. The opinions expressed on the show will be frank and uh, provocative. Oh. With us on the show are two of the collective members who have put out a new disorientation guide here at UC Irvine. And um, they are John Bruning and Tim Brown. Bra- Brown Brown. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's an it's, uh, uh, exciting uh, publication and very graphically uh, provocative. Uh, there's a cop on the cover against the backdrop of Aldrich Hall, and the logo has been changed to say uh, University of California Incorporated. Um, wh- what, do you, uh, what do you plan to do with this guide? What what's the purpose of this?
1: Uh, well, the purpose is to um, like educate as many students as we can. Uh, we're passing this out during Welcome Week and during the involvement fair today uh, at Irvine. I'm hoping that students will have an introduction to more radical ideas and more critical education before classes even start. Do you think it would uh, scare them away? <laughs> um, well, we hope not. <laughs> um, I really encourage students to engage with the ideas that are presented in this orientation guide um, and take those ideas into the classrooms with them. So when they're learning about different ideas um, in their various classes over the next four or five years, they have this framework that they can take with them and question what the professor is saying, question what they're reading, engage with engage with their education in a more meaningful and empowering way.
0: I'm impressed that you did print out uh, nice copies of this. and. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's important to have print as well as uh, online versions?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, uh, otherwise, otherwise, I mean, you can read something on a PDF, but once it's real, it's real. Once it what? Once yeah. it's real, it's real. You know what I mean? It's not just an online thing. It's like Once c- it's in print, it's real. Yeah, yeah well, it's committed. And once it's in print, too, it's something
1: that the administration can't ignore. Like, it's something very tangible that's... Uh, that's being circulated. If it's just a PDF online, um, people can just ignore it. But when you have like a hard copy like this, um, they have to deal with it. I mean, you use the you see colors,
0: I guess, and it looks almost like an official publication. Was that intentional? Is it it purely coincidental? <laughs> <laughs> uh, among the topics you mentioned are uh, the uh, uh, the cops and you. Uh, why did you use uh, a kind of
2: 60s term for the cops? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that was actually edited by somebody who isn't here right now. But uh, s- because we're sort of a non-hierarchical collective, uh, we didn't re-edit anybody else's stuff. And you wanted to keep the whole thing anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why was that?
1: Um, well, there's actually two articles in the piece that are... Um, that have bylines on them or have names associated with them. Uh, I think one, I believe, is an article by you. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. is,
0: um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and the other is an article by uh, another faculty member. Um, Andy, and, yeah, he's yeah. the head
0: of my union.
1: Yeah, and w- we talked to him about the bylines, and he said, you know, um, it's pretty obvious who it is that's writing it, so <laughs> um, not, not to worry about it. Um, just given like the, conf- or the sort of confrontational nature of most of the articles... Um, and just to sort of protect some of the students who are working on it, because uh, and there is a fair amount of institutional repression in this university, uh, we wanted to try to maintain a um, maintain like a, a culture of anonymous uh, publication, um, just to protect students and also, um, I guess, I didn't <laughs> kind of running out of words, but um, just to make it seem um, kind of more than just the people who are writing it. So because it's anono- anonymous um it kind of takes on a life of its own right right and uh you are you're in sociology and you're in uh, uh the the arts department
0: I'm arts the department theater theater and um the uh d- in the past
1: in your activism have you faced any repression um well during the vicente fox protests there um this past spring back in april um a number of people in my department had, had talked to me and said. You know you shouldn't. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't um, take this approach because uh, he was partially sponsored by a research center that incorporates sociology. Um, and a number of people who were involved in the center said, "You know, there's there's better ways to go about this. You should talk to people in charge um, rather than just protest."
0: Uh, I actually got in. Uh, I was able to sneak in, and the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the Vicente Fox did mention some of the questions, or at least the chair of the session MC did raise some of the issues that the protesters asked. And uh, he, he claimed he never, you know, violated anybody's civil rights or human <laughs> rights. And that was, you know, that was that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the uh, you know, there have been a, actually a long series of uh, people that have attended, that have come on campus to speak. And there were big protests uh, more recently, uh, more early, earlier, earlier. About, uh, for instance, the uh, one one session of uh, one series of t- uh, speakers was uh, people associated with the Patriot Act who wrote the Patriot Act, and also the person Viet um, Din, and then the person who wrote the torture memos, John Yu. Um, mm. Were you here then?
1: No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so
0: I can't. Uh, we can't credit you with the protest. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to write bibliographies on both of them and um we um dug up a lot of stuff. there was actually a lot of a lot of good stuff on both of them and um the uh do you see that the university is away is in a way uh because I was thinking the one of the uh, guests I've had on a couple of times was Jeff Schmidt and he was a graduate student in the uh seventies or eighties and in um at u c i And he wrote a book called Disciplined Minds, about how um, corporate um, uh, universities and also um, corporations try to uh, discipline any kind of dissent and try to uh, create people that will serve the corporate interests when they leave the university. And so there's actually a whole chapter on UCI uh, and some of the people that he worked for who one of them uh, became a Nobel laureate. And um, and how he had started a group called Science for the People, which is a radical critique of society uh, from a science point of view. And he, he's a physics uh, PhD. And uh, so he wrote a book when he was editor at Physics Today, I think. And in the f- chapter starting the book, in the introduction, he said, I wrote this on stolen time because he was... Mm-hmm. You know, he was working for this, other ma- this magazine. So when the book came out, he got fired. And, uh, and uh, hundreds and hundreds of physicists and uh, people around the world supported him, and he, he got a settlement. So uh, I think that's a good book to put on your bibliography uh, for people to read, also because it's about UCI and about how, um, how the corporations, how universities try to... Um, Um, you know, create this uh, professionalism out of the students. And of course, it serves certain interests. What was the
2: name of that book again?
0: Uh, Disciplined Minds. And if you look, uh, if you Google Disciplined Minds, one word, you would actually also get his webpage where there's a lot of links. Great. Yeah. Um, In terms of, uh, there was one uh, section of your publication where you talk about there was a professor here who uh had uh ties to Guatemala and um i'm not going to get into the details of that but i just wanted to say uh to ask about uh do you think that it's in, in general uh do do professors uh try to uh, influence their students uh because you were saying that this uh, the publication says that uh these students are being uh targeted uh, as kind of a counter and effort to, ma- I suppose, mainstream them. What do you mean? What is, what is meant by that?
1: Um, well, we've heard from a number of different students um, through like, their own like, anecdotes, uh, their friends and through their own um, personal experiences with this professor. Um, it seems that he, like, he seeks out a lot of like lower income, uh, especially Chicano students like, who come in from Orange or Santa Ana. Uh, so given their background, I think they have a much more radical understanding of um, the county and just how society functions um, it's because they are poor. Um, many of their families are undocumented, or they themselves are undocumented or immigrants. Um, so, so I think he, seed, he seeks out a lot of those students who are already um, forming like more political and uh, more radical I- ideas. Um, but he targets them with uh, a number of research opportunities and gets them more involved in research and sort of... Gives them less time to work on other radical projects on campus, um, and just kind of by institutionalizing them through that, by getting them to focus on doing research as um, as a ticket to grad school and the further advancement, I think he's able to sort of marginalize or neutralize a lot of those students before they're able to really um, get involved on campus. But isn't that true with all
0: you know established academics? They try to give research grants for their students or try to look for opportunities to make them uh you know <laughs> uh, acceptable to the system so that eventually they can go to grad school and, and serve the
1: empire to some degree i think that's true but i think in this particular case it takes on much more like political overtones like he seeks up students who are um more pot- have greater potential to become radicalized or become involved in like more leftist projects uh so act, i think he, act, he actively seeks out these students to try to marginalize them rather than just presenting opportunities to the students that he has the students who have sought him out i think he's uh i mean he's well known as a uh, supporter of, of action
0: and uh actually and given i don't agree with his ideology but i mean his uh, <laughs> his uh, right wing ideology otherwise but the but on campus he's known as a supporter of um, minority students and uh he also, uh, I, I was teaching classes, and he had to approve all of them and actually encouraged me to teach a class on alternative uh, publications, uh, Asian, the Rice paper, which we used to call it. That was an Asian uh, student paper that I was the advisor for, and I had a class in social science. So I think he, you know, he's willing to do all that. So I, I, I do support him for that but I don't agree with the uh, politics, obviously. Um, and uh, it was interesting, the book you mentioned, uh, you cited about Guatemala, was written by Rafkin McGeehy, and he's actually been on the show. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and he's, uh, he was in the CIA, and I actually indexed his book, uh, Deadly Deceits, about his 25 years in the CIA, when he um, was uh, given a medal, and then he came out, and uh, <laughs> came out so-called, and... Uh, uh, exposed the CIA's uh, shenanigans in Vietnam, in Cuba. He was uh, chasing after Castro in Cuba, um, and um, before you know, before the revolution, and uh, and also uh, was this uh, operative in Vietnam. Um, the uh, some of the uh, other stuff in the book uh, in, the, in the in this radical critique of uh, U.C. Irvine. Uh, you also spent some time talking about. Uh, uh, campus history. Uh, how did you? F- uh, where did you find some of that stuff? How, what kind of research did you do?
1: Um, well, most of the campus history was actually um, provided on the um, UCI Libraries website, uh, <laughs> which we, which special borrowed. collections, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also like the article by you.
2: So as um, well as um, we pulled stuff off of the UC History website mm-hmm. based out of Berkeley.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You had some pictures of uh mm-hmm. of protest police at uh, in mm-hmm. Berkeley. Uh At uh, People's Park, Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, actually an untapped area. There's a lot more stuff to uncover. uh, UCI in the '60s and '70s and '80s, and I mean, even people that did stuff they left, and there's no institutional memory. You know, it's erased, Uh, unless somebody left some traces in special collections or in uh, some uh, website or publication. So it's it, it would be a good project. Uh, do you see this uh, publication as
1: uh, expanding on the web, or how how do you see it? Um, well, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> I think ideally we'd like to include more
2: articles um, on some sort of website. Um, we originally re- wrote it on a, on a wiki, so oh yeah, so anybody can add or update. So uh, we're trying to debate like whether we should just leave it in PDF or or if we should. Uh, make it like a constant growing thing on a wiki, and then yeah, and next year just for the next guy. Next year just pull pull stuff off the wiki. Yeah, yeah, it'd be easier
0: to edit, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it gets kind of humongous after a while. <laughs> 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 and uh, on the wiki, then who would you you let anybody put in, or how would you, you know? Uh, y- yeah, within reason, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So there would still be some.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could you could edit, put stuff on the wiki all you wanted, but I don't know, you know, it it'd be come down. It would come down to the collective to who what goes yeah. into the guide itself, yeah, the yeah, printed yeah. version. Did
0: uh, how about your own experience? I know John, you said that you were exposed to a similar guide
1: at Wisconsin. How how did that wake you up? Um, well, was an undergrad at uh, University of Wisconsin, um, my first uh, semester there in 2004 uh, was actually during Welcome Week. Um, or during orientation of some sort, um, I was walking around various groups, and a couple of groups had like this disorientation guide on their tables. So I picked it up and kind of flipped through it, and it was kind of it was very much like this guide, where it had a history of campus, and um, talked about research that was being done on campus, and um, various things that were happening in the community. So it exposed students to a lot of like the reality of what's what's happening in that area, while also giving them some opportunities to get involved. So right after. Uh, reading this, um, I got in touch with a couple different groups and got involved um, pretty soon after um, I started school there. And w- were you um, radical when you
0: were born, or what? how did you become <laughs> a radical? <laughs>
1: uh, I think I was radicalized during, um, um, uh, during high school, kind of late middle school. <laughs> um, but in the town that I was, that I was living in, um, it was a little suburb of Milwaukee, and there really wasn't anywhere to get involved. So coming into campus and having like having all this information at in my at my disposal, uh, let me actually put I like, put those ideas into practice. Uh, it's
0: next
2: to science um, <laughs> My my story is a little different. I I, uh, I uh, was was in Oregon and uh, it was. You know, I kind of got used to. It. I was in Southern Oregon, and it was it was uh, it was a, little, a little, little town named Ashland, and it's like a little Eugene, and it's very very left wing, but very democratic. And then I took it for granted, and then I moved here, and I kind of opened my eyes. Like and I was like, well, you know, what's going on? <laughs> and so that's when I saw, when I was looking, uh, and I found RSU. And uh, was t- that to a, help? Yeah, was that near Appleton, or uh, Wisconsin? No, oh, you no. Wisconsin? no. Oh, he's, he's in Wisconsin. No. Oh, was from Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I,
0: I misheard. Okay, so
2: uh, so you found RSU, which is the Radical Student Union. Yeah, which is um, uh, a few a few members of that are, are part of the collective that that edited this thing. Oh, not the whole group. No, no. Oh, okay. Um, how did you choose the uh,
0: topics? I guess.
1: Um, um, well, partly it was based off of um, disorientation guides that um, I oh came yeah. across as an undergraduate. Um, and then we also started looking and we found a number of other universities had done disorientation guides. So New York University, Columbia. Um, Santa like, Cruz. Yeah, Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz, Berkeley. Berkeley, Berkeley uh, a number, uh, a lot of Santa different Barbara. schools. As well. Yeah. So okay. we kind of just like went through those and um, looked at like what we, or tried to figure out what we liked and what we didn't like about them, like what kind of topics they included that we wanted to include. So it was based a lot off of um, previous disorientation guides around the country, and then um, we made some changes as we thought necessary
2: so that it would fit Irvine. We also like looked at to our own our own knowledge and said, you know, what did we want to know when we first got here? Yeah, um, yeah. That that we're not going to find in any orientation guide that's here on campus.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of um, specific content relating to Orange County and to U uh, C Irvine. Mm-hmm. Um, did uh, in the, the early history of Orange County, how did you dig that up?
2: <laughs> oh how I did anybody dig that up? Yeah. Um I don't think I worked on that. <laughs> I don't think I did either. <laughs> oh. I think I edit maybe I don't know. I don't know. I edited it but I don't think I, I pulled it. Yeah. I mean, I think we just came across like a number of
1: different like websites and like a few just yeah. like a few individuals who had written about various things. Um, yeah. and yeah. just managed to kinda of splice it together.
0: Uh, you you put that that it's uh, anti copyright or uh, <laughs> do, you, do you say copy left or something?
1: Or what, what's um, your views on that? Well, I mean, generally, uh, we're kind of opposed to copyrights on, yeah. on more ideological and political grounds. Um, but just given that we borrowed so much from so many other places, um, I think we, I think a few people plagiarized articles, <laughs> or we just copied uh, articles in, and we borrowed a lot from other disorientation guides. So we didn't think it was appropriate to really copyright it, and we wanted to just have this guide kind of in like open domain, so that other people could use these articles in the future if they needed to, uh, or if, even after we're gone, if another uh, group or another collective like decides to start an ori- or disorientation guide, they already have a little bit of a framework that they can build off of.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, knowledge should be shared, you know. And actually, even if stuff is copyrighted, a lot of times the authors don't get the. Uh, royalties, the publishers, publishers end up uh, stealing away all the royalties so there's no actually equity in, in even with copyright um, the uh, although there's a National Writers Union that's trying to get, uh, if you're a freelance writer uh, one good thing is they do have um, insurance so if you get la- sued <laughs> <then> <laughs> they will cover uh, up to a certain amount I guess uh, there's some kind of pooled insurance thing uh, so, uh, so that's useful um, if somebody gets upset. Uh, do you feel somebody will get upset?
1: Um, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ideally, like, I mean, we try to be like very confrontational sort of in our approach, and like really challenge like the authority yeah. on campus in this area. Um, so we kind of hope that uh, like a few people will be upset about it or be offended by it, because I think that's um, that's part that's beginning of the process for the people to start changing how they think about this area.
0: The, you know that you mentioned the free speech rules on campus and how they don't
1: really work out. How, can you give some examples? Uh, I think the best example was this past spring um, with the Palestine Awareness Week put on by Muslim Student Union, uh, which uh, RSU and some other groups co-sponsored. Um, I mean there's this very, like various levels of um, like the administration, the police like stepping on um, students' rights to um, engage in discourse on campus. So for example, uh Muslim Student Union submitted um submitted information for the annual year weekly email. That's the email that has all of the different events put on by campus organizations every week. Um so they submitted their announcement um on time and it didn't show up in the email.
2: Mm.
1: Um and it was very it was very clear that it was like intentionally left out. Because it was critical of Israel. Right. And then with uh, electronic billboards or the marquees that are put out by um campus um on like the main street's going around campus. Yeah. Um they had submitted an announcement for that and it showed up for about 4 days.
0: I think I saw that. Yeah.
1: And then uh, Chancellor Drake decided that um no announcements like mentioning Israel could be displayed on there. So they had the ads uh those advertisements pulled down before the events had started. Yeah, President Yudof actually wrote to some um supporters uh of Israel
0: to say that as a Jew he was very uh sympathetic with their protests over what was happening at Irvine, Mm -hmm. and he will talk to Drake about it. right? Yeah. And also, I I, I believe also another group actually put a table up, and then they said Mm -hmm. they couldn't, uh, the university said they couldn't have it, even though MSU had said okay, and MSU had reserved the whole uh, block of the area, right? Yeah,
1: Uh, RSU and Food Not Bombs on campus had set up a table on Monday, and because we had co-sponsored the event, um, Muslim Student Union said it was okay that we with a table up, and it was in the even area. Yeah, it was a little bit farther away from like the the main stuff that was going on. It was in front of Aldridge Hall. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so like they gave us the okay to set up the table, and then people from scheduling came by and kind of harassed us about uh, why, like, why we were there, like who gave yeah, us the okay, and kind of gave us that, like you know
2: MSU had reserved that whole area and that we couldn't be there.
1: And we told them that like they had said that we could be there. Um, then they kind of um stomped yeah. off. And then later on in the week, I think on Wednesday, Anteaters for Israel had set up a table right in the middle of Anteater Plaza, um, and had a number of like displays um, criticizing Palestine and Hamas and groups like that. Um, they hadn't gotten permission from MSU, in this, and they're set up in an area that was reserved by MSU.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, but then the administration
2: and scheduling said it was okay that they'd be there because MSU wasn't using the space. Oh. And in retaliation, the next day, MSU took tables. Um, and just flipped them over and put banners on them and took up the entire space that they reserved.
0: Yeah. So this whole idea that there's only certain zones where you can have free speech. What? what how did that originate? Um, time
2: and space. I guess that's. Uh, I think say. it's. Yeah. A, it's uh, technically, you can have free speech anywhere on campus, but to have a, a gathering or or an amplified free speech, it has mm-hmm. to be either in um, Anheuser Plaza or I think the other one is. Student so Union is uh, it student? Outside, you know, yeah yeah maybe, and then there's the yeah. third one which is like in, in uh Aldrich park or something oh. um or on the on the back side of the library or uh, something like that
0: i think the uh, maybe that's a legal thing that they have to try to uh, they can get away with if it's specific time and space yeah it's it's the the balance of not interrupting class with amplifying the sound i know um, in the library we get quite annoyed if <laughs> <laughs> people can't do any uh, research if it's too loud, that's all. But mostly it's about bands, not about political mm-hmm. speeches. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. And one of the problems that comes up with that is that you can have amplified sound between 12 and 1 in this one area, but you also have to be approved by the administration. You have to be approved by scheduling to use amplified sound. So it gives them a lot of a lot of leeway to yeah. deny groups the ability to amplify their sound. And we're actually seeing this week um, during the walkout on Thursday, Oopti, uh, like the Union you know, of Professional and Technical Employees, um... Had like th- uh, the flight pool area reserved, but they applied for a sound permit and they're denied. They're, they applied for a permit to use amplified sound, and the administration told them that they couldn't.
0: Uh, who 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 applied?
1: Uh, um, one of the representatives
2: oh, of Up hmm. Oh, they said, "Well, the other thing, uh, the administration only gives out one amplified sound permit per day, per twelve to one day, um, and uh, that was taken." They said it was taken by somebody else, um, but. Uh, we just received an email that said that it was. Uh, it's just been passed off, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. That they, they contacted the people who did have the permit, and they were like, "Sure, we'll give it up for you guys." Oh, I see. Oh. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if Upti gets the permit or not. Yeah,
1: I'm sure you will hear more about that later on the show.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, and our <laughs>
0: Upti rep is coming in um, shortly. Um, the uh, Do you see? Uh, h- how do you plan to j- hand it out these um, these disorientation guides? Uh, how are they How are they available today and this week?
1: Um, today, uh, RSU has a table in Eldridge Park during the Anteater Involvement Fair, so we'll have copies available there. Uh, I think some people might be wandering around passing out as well, but we'll have some on hand at our table. I think it's spot 35 in the park, um, but it should be relatively easy to find. Do you know what, Do you know where it is? Uh, it's somewhere in the middle of the park. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not much of a frame of reference. Will you have a big banner or something? No? Yeah. We'll, yeah. T- we'll try and make it uh, publicized. Fine. And yeah. then the rest of the week we have a table on Ring Road um, in front of the Cross Cultural Center. Mm. We'll have copies available there as well. How, how uh, Did it cost you very, a lot to do this? Uh, it wasn't too expensive for us.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it was it was put out on borrowed machines. Labor donated. Yeah, labor right. donated. I <laughs> like that. Yeah. And, uh, and
0: how did um, do you envision putting out more? Uh, Nixie every this be your annual thing or what? Uh, hopefully,
1: um, we like to. I know a number of schools usually do like a biannual disorientation guide. Um, so it'll depend on. Oh um, yeah. Depend on our energy like this coming year and over the summer to see if we want to do it. Um, do it again for next fall, or if we want to wait another year. So you are still deciding what kind of a web
2: presence it would be like mm-hmm. beyond the PDF. Yeah. Uh you can still the the PDF is available online right now. But yeah. anybody can download. And uh, the website, can you maybe get uh, that? Out? I th- you can download it off uh, Radical Student Union uh or no, it's IrvineRadicalStudents.blogspot.com Radical dot or
1: on um, Disorient US uh, disorientuci.wordpress.com. There are two sources for that.
0: Okay, and uh, one of those is linked from the Subversity mm-hmm. website at KUCI.org dot slash subversity, um, and uh, we're gonna uh, the we're coming up to the near the end of the time. What what advice do you have for students who are interested in uh, radical activities on campus?
1: Uh, well, one start is to look through the guide and see what interests them. We have a number. We have a fair amount of information about different campus issues and different groups that are involved on campus. Um, so just kind of look through that and see what interests them and um contact the group go to, go to their meetings. Uh, and the next step is just to sort of critically think about everything that they're told um, throughout their education. Uh, think about the various policies that the administration puts in place. just kind of think about what they see every day on campus and how that like how that affects them and what like where there's room for change.
0: That's great. yeah, any comments? So uh, stay tuned and uh, uh, look at the guide. Look for the guide t- today on campus, this week, and uh, go online and check it out and read it. Uh, thank you, uh, John and Tim, for being on the show, and uh, congratulations on this first historic first for UC Irvine, a disorientation guide for 2009. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking with uh, Uptee representative uh, Michael Moore, uh, not the filmmaker, but our own local Michael Moore. Um, this is Dan Zhang with Subversity. The opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the Regents of the University of California, nor the management of KUCI. This is KUCI Subversity Show, Disorientation on the Radio. Uh, this is Dan Zhang, um, host of Subversity, and you can get the uh, online version of the Disorientation Guide by going to the website for subversity at kuci.org/slash/subversity, and there will be links there to the online version of the subvers of the disorientation guide. And um, coming up, we'll be hearing about this week's activities. UCI is in turmoil. Uh, this is disorientation week for UCI, and. We'll be hearing about an upcoming strike and also a day of walkouts and uh, faculty teachings about the future of UC system, UC education. What's happening with the master plan? Is it already tossed? And what will be the future for UC students who are facing a 30% fee increase um, this year, making um education a uh, costly commodity and no longer uh, available to working class and middle class families. Um so this is uh coming up this is subversity show we're gonna explore all these topics with our next guest, uh Michael Moore, who's the leader a uh, leader in the local upti. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome. How you doing this morning? Hey, cool. Uh, welcome, Michael. Uh, what are you? Why are you guys going on strike this uh, this Thursday?
3: Well, this is what we call an unfair labor practice strike, and the reason for this particular strike is the fact that um, um, the university has uh, engaged in what we call regressive bargaining basically they put a wage proposal on the table and they withdrew a wage proposal
0: wage proposal
2: yeah yeah
3: uh for the staff members and they and they're also refusing to negotiate in good faith uh they have an obligation to say we're going to sit down we're going to uh discuss and negotiate these issues and they're not even doing that as well so which has led to us filing a labor unfair labor practice charge against the UC which has thus led into uh, taking an unfair labor uh, strike authorization vote, I should say, the members took a strike authorization vote, and uh, the members voted over eighty percent
0: to uh, wow. authorize a strike who are, who are the members who what is the membership of up to? Uh, I mean what kind of pe- uh, employees are involved in the union? okay right uh, there'll be uh, staff research
3: associates in the labs, there'll be lab assistants. That's yes, clinical research coordinators, computer resource specialists, yeah. electronics techs, development techs, lifeguards, actually. Um, we have
0: lifeguards? Yes, wow. we
3: actually have lifeguards. Huh. And, uh, and that's just on the campus side of it. The medical center, we represent people at the medical center as well, and that's your physician's assistants, huh. pharmacists, clinical research coordinators, social workers, dietitians, huh. occupational therapists. Wow. Huh. Uh, so it was it's a b- wide, wide range. Spectrum. Yeah. Yes. What, what's the total number in the bargaining unit? We're at UCI, including campus and medical center. We're just RX and TX, the 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 ones that are authorized to strike. Uh, you're looking at around five to six hundred people. And then uh, system wide. Uh-huh. Um. Well, in UCI totals at about close to a thousand with the hospital. Yeah. Uh, system wide, you're looking at about thirteen fourteen thousand. 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 About thirteen to fourteen thousand people. Wow. Is this a one day strike? This is a one day strike.
0: I, I thought you see um, employees cannot strike unless the contract is uh, over. No, we're... we're uh, it's, not it a, it's not that kind of strike. Right. Uh,
3: th- that much is true, uh, but there are some exceptions. And the exceptions is <laughs> if you have an unfair labor practice charge, you can strike. Ah. And we're in what we call status quo, uh, which during the status quo period of a contract, because our contract expired already.
0: Oh, so it did expire.
3: It yeah. did expire. Yeah. And so that allows right. us... Yes. Um, uh, to strike but we're we 're not striking over wages uh we 're striking over regressive bargaining we 're striking over um the fact that they're refusing to negotiate with uh the UPD staff members
0: Last week, I went to one of the talks by um economist called Peter Donahue uh-huh. who's been exposing um the financial reports f- from the university, and he found that uh the financial statements that the university publishes um, puts out there. And is um, it's you know fiduciarily uh, responsible? I guess their legally legal documents. Uh, they actually show that there is a lot of unrestricted money uh, hidden away, and that this and then this led to bond agencies approving, uh, upping the bond ratings even, or approving you know not lowering it. And whereas you know you look at L.A. and all these other cities in crisis they've been you know, getting negative bond ratings or whatever. So if the bond rating is okay at the UC, and um, Charlie Schwartz just came out with another report on how the UCOP has been lying to people, um, how, uh, why is there this uh, you know, crisis at the UC um, of poverty? They're saying they have no money.
3: You know, uh, <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, I'm going to start with this and then I get into that answer. Um, Spoke with a uh, spoke with a representative at the medical center uh, regarding this crisis, the College of Medicine. And uh, he mentioned. I can save enough money in my department where I wouldn't have to furlough layoff or no one will receive a pay cut. And he was explicitly told no. So that if the if you see and this was a, a Michael Drake's direct quote, we're not doing this because we want to furlough, layoff or, or cut people's salary. We're doing this because we have to. But when they were presented firsthand with a different option, they said no. So it's not a point of we're not we're doing this because we have to. Uh, we don't want to do this is, is Michael Drake's uh, uh, comment uh, at a town hall meeting. We don't want to do this. We have to do this. Well, here's a situation where they don't have to, but they are doing it. Mostly, we can look at this situation um, via the president of the UC system is to say, this is what I want to impose because I am the president and I can do what I want to do.
0: Is it more because, you know, everybody knows there's a state crisis, you know, in financing. They want to make UC look like uh, it's doing its part because, you know, Orange County, uh, L.A. County, they're laying off people, they're furloughing people. So let's do the same thing so they don't get mad at us.
3: Well, you know, you have to look at the situation and say you you see is doing its part by keeping people employed. Mm -hmm. Because if you lay people off, if you furlough people, and if you cut people's salary, they then have to get unemployment, some kind of subsidies from the state, more of a drain on the state. So that kind of doesn't make sense. If you're going to lay people off, and you, then they have to get public assistance, which drains the state budget even more when UC has the money to supplement or actually actually pay for people's salary and keep people employed. So it, it's kind of it's contradicted. They're not helping the situation. UC is actually further exacerbating the situation for the state and making it worse.
0: But maybe they're trying to get more money from the legislature, saying they need more money because we have to do all these cuts well if, if the state needs more money that's a different story but if you see you
3: doesn't need it, as you said earlier all this money in unrestricted funds right we're looking at 4.5 billion that's b um well some of that money is earmarked that's true enough and some of that has been allocated for different projects but then they have a lot of money as donahue spoke of yeah that is unrestricted
0: right that's he's saying that you know there's stuff that's Committed, right? They like to use the word committed, but committed is not a legal term. Uh, they don't put that in their financial statements, saying it's committed, so it's unrestricted. So the people move funds, uh, you know, move things, be- move money between funds all the time, but they just don't want to do it. That's correct. Uh,
3: for whatever reason, Chancellor Drake made a made a comment that they were going to be asking. Those donors, um, could they use those funds for, for different projects, um, funding-wise, uh, of people's salary? Well, th- that's, all in, that's well and good, and, and as well as it should. Even outside of that, we're still looking at UC has enough money, more than enough money, to overcome this deficit. Now, me and you, uh, we fall short in uh, paying our bills one month. We'll dip into our savings to help supplement that. Right. And you see, the ref- they're refusing to do that, and they have the money. And it's the the financial reports. Everybody, anybody can go online. I don't know how that. I don't have that particular website with me right now. But you can look at their financials,
0: and it's online. Yeah. And uh, you know, the medical centers, especially on these on these different campuses, raking a lot of money, uh, and a lot of that is uh, unrestricted. They could actually use that for something. Exactly. Uh as everyone know they just
3: completed completed this phase of the medical center, state of the art medical center. UCI Medical Center is going to be state of the art in Orange County. Right, Not the new hospital, area. right? Exactly. And it's still making money. Um surpassed their goals of income of, of of revenue. So if there's such a crisis, let's just say in the Irvine system, then you can get your money from the medical center. If it's such a crisis, but for whatever reason, they think, and they're only choosing one avenue, less hurt people. Um, to me, that is as malicious uh, uh, as you can be as to say, we're going to take you. And we know that some of you only make thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year annually, and we want to cut your salary even more. Did they, in, in the up to unit, did they impose the fellow pay cut plan? Uh, as of date they haven't imposed anything. They still have to negotiate everything. Okay, so you them. still have to talk about it. We still have to talk about it. And what what I found out on Friday is that you see is trying to get people um they're giving them an ultimatum. Either you take this program or participation in this program called Start, which is a, a a pay reduction, yeah. Or we're gonna temporarily lay you off in the upcoming weeks. Uh I'm telling temporarily what lay you off. Wow. Yes, and I told everybody, and I'm telling everybody that's in the sound of my voice, uh, please call your union rep, Michael Moore, if someone has told that, uh, mentioned that to you, because is it that a, is illegal. Is that a 15-day layoff thing, or what? Did there, they did specifying specify any time limit. Um, they didn't say anything specifically about how long the layoff would be, but they're telling uh, our, our, the staff members that either you f- participate in the START program, or you're gonna be laid off. I thought the start program is voluntary. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know what can I say? This uh placational words, you know, and it is voluntary. Uh that is where somebody would voluntarily sign up to participate in the start program, uh, uh for whatever reason that was gonna be a benefit to them, whether they're gonna go back to school or or another job, or just needed, you know, a little bit more time off. But yeah. when you're told you either do one or the other, you don't have too much of a turner, too much, so much for the choice and so much for volunteering, you know. you volunteer for it, you know, cause you're like, well, I don't want to be laid off, so I'm going to volunteer for this. You know, UC has a way of, uh, phrasing things, uh, to, to get their way. And so I'm telling the UPD members, uh, make sure you call your union rep, Michael Moore, uh, because they should not be giving you that ultimatum
0: because that still needs to be bargained at the negotiating table. You know the, there's a dichotomy right between uh, doctors on the u uh, c medical centers and the workers uh the other workers because doctors uh, get a lot of grants, and most of the people who on grant money is not they're not subject to this pay cut uh, furlough federal grant money. Really.
3: And and that was the case. However, on Friday, what I found out on Friday is that people under grants were told this. So we have some of our members under grants have called me and emailed me on Friday saying that they were told one or the
0: other. Were they un- under 100 percent grant or exactly. partially? So, oh, wow.
3: Yeah. So that's um,
0: I'm kind of perplexed and confused a little. Well, as, you know, a lot of times the supervisors don't really know the rules. That's true. That's true. And then
3: not knowing, and and since they don't know the rules, they they can call Michael Moore, me, to, to find <laughs> out what the rules are, uh, before they go spouting off this type of rhetoric because it only causes more problems, and it causes problems for them. You know, that leads me to it just further uh, boast our uh, uh, validity of our unfair labor practice, or we have to keep filing more unfair labor practice charges against the university.
0: Yeah. Is that what they pay attention to? If you do file these grievances or unfair labor practices, or uh, then they will pay attention, right? Right. They they have
3: no choice but to pay attention.
0: Yeah, because I I think some a lot of employees don't realize that they have power to file grievances, right? Uh, in any union. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I always give people
3: the analogy because um, most of the workers have been beat down so much or brainwashed. As to say, my supervisor has all the power. Right. And I give people the analogy. Well, if your supervisor stays home for one week, all of them, uh, at UCI, everything goes on. Nothing stops. The workers stay gone for one day. The whole entire campus shuts down. (laughs) It lets you know where the power is. And so I'm saying this this is where the power lies. Lies with the workers. They know Uh the work better than anyone else. And they do it on a daily basis. And the doctors... The medical center doctors in the College of Medicine uh, went to a town hall again, town hall meeting, and a lot of them are not very happy with taking a 6% pay cut. Right. They're not very happy with taking a 6% pay cut. Uh, That's already in effect, or we'll say it was already in effect. Uh, You you look at that and you say, again, there are ways to uh, not cut salaries. There's a way not to furlough people. There's a way not to lay off people. My brothers and sisters over at me they'd done a, an analysis as well and showed where UC could save the money. Huh. It was so funny. Was, all this was presented to UC. Huh. And they just looked at it and basically turned it. Hey, and you have to ask why. Why the rush to furlough? Why the rush to lay people off? Why the rush to pay cuts? When you have viable, viable alternatives. What, what was the alternative Ashby presented? to be presented? Taking the input from the members as to how to save money in their departments. Uh, you know, doing um um uh an analysis on what kind of equipment you have, I see. making sure you you fully utilizing the equipment you do have. Uh and the list went on and on and on. It was a uh, it was it was in the hundreds of millions wow. of, of dollars yeah. that they presented. Um uh, and I believe all the unions uh, signed on to that and said, "Look, this is what we know that is here."
0: It seems like, you know, once they uh, implement all these and uh, force all the units to agree that <laughs> next year they could do the same because they got away with it. Right. And and that's the danger. You know, here's this proposal
3: we're putting on the table and you have to take it and you have no alternative. Um, this was done years ago and still people are talking about we never recouped. Uh, yeah. A lot of the members said we never recouped from where we lo- where, where we left off last time. And you look at the situation this time, it's not necessarily a crisis in the UC system. Right. I mean, if you look around UCI, let's just take UCI for a prime example. The four points of campuses, you're literally looking at construction on four points of campuses. That's pretty significant. If there's such a crisis, why so much construction? Yeah. UC's uh, answer to that as well. There was already projects in place, is already earmarked, so forth and so on. So you do have resources, and you still have oncoming resources. Yeah. So it has never stopped,
0: even at UCI. this uh this uh same day that y- you are holding the unfair labor practice strike on thursday uh, it's a Monday thing right correct yeah the faculty have been uh, calling for walkouts and students have been calling for walkouts and also faculty want to do teachings right uh, about this future of u c education uh, w- w- are you uh, uh do you see the other uh, units on campus, uh, faculty, students, and also other units, are they supporting your your walkout and stuff? Yes. Uh, I
3: can say unequivocally without a doubt that uh, the student organizations, the faculty, the professors, grad students, and undergrad students uh, have all met and are all supportive. All the issues are connected. Yeah, for sure. All the issues are connected. Um, if you take a lab, for instance, you need the researchers in the lab to produce these results so the PI can submit these results to the professor so the professor can go and then teach the students and so forth and yeah. so on, right? So now you're starting to furlough people. You're starting to lay people off. You're starting to cut people's salary. Look at the effect that that's going to have on the students, the incoming students or the current students, in getting the quality education that they're having to pay increased fees for.
0: Yeah, 30% increase, right? They're slated exactly. for, And, you know, they're getting less... uh they're getting less education. Less education, more, less services, more money. Yeah.
3: Now, tell me whether that makes sense.
0: It's as much as a private school, eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know foreign students have, are paying, you know, 30000 right now right. to come here, and there will be 40000 in a year, probably. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, Why well, come to UCI? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
3: <laughs> you know, and, and that's, if we want to be the school of choice, if we want to attract the best of the best, well, we have to make this institution appealing. So when we go around the world and we tout we're we're this much in research with this in our medical center, when we're doing these different things, we want to be able to and make sure that we're able to provide for these students when they get here. So our staff is committed to doing their jobs, but if our staff is completely disrespected and told they're going to be furloughed or laid off or their salaries cut without even negotiating with their bargaining without negotiating with the union. Then that leaves them in a position of saying, "Well, no, that's not fair to me," and then you have this great ripple effect that goes all the right. way around. It just everything comes all the way back around. I wanted to read this quote if I could. Sure, uh, it's called Double Think and uh, Doug, George Orwell, 1984, the power of holding two contr- contrary beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them, to tell the deliberate lies while generally believing in them, to forget any fact that has become. Inconvenient, and then, when it becomes necessary again to draw back from it or just as long as needed, to deny the existence of the objective reality, and all while all the while taking account the reality which one denies, even in using the necessary doublethink, it is necessary to exercise doublethink for by using the word one admits that one is tampering with reality by a fresh act of doublethink, one erases his knowledge. And so on indefinitely with the lie, always with the lie, always one leap ahead of the truth. And what I mean by that is, again, UCI saying we have no money. Uh, we're in this crisis mode when they do have money to overcome any deficit that they have. And it is proven uh, by Donahue was here uh, as well as others and finding um, and, and, and as well as staff staff, paid staff by UCI have said we can find ways of overcoming any deficit without cutting one person's salary, without cutting, without furloughing
0: anybody, or without laying anyone off. Also, the plan that they have instituted, I mean, they could have uh, saved a lot more money by cutting administrator salaries by 20%. Mm-hmm. You figure when you look at it this way, what they say is that, well,
3: you know they deserve this salary. It was already earmarked, so forth and so on. But when you give yourself a bonus in the middle of a crisis, it's a slap in the face. Like that, that is, and this is this is what some of the uh, top administrators done. They received a pay cut when you hired. A pay a raise, yeah. Pay raise. Um, bonuses actually.
0: Bonus, yeah. Somebody,
3: some somebody. Just like a hundred out,
0: thousand, thousand or something. Yeah, you know, thousand Fifty thousand bonus. or whatever. Yeah.
3: You, you you give these bonuses in the middle of a crisis that. You know, that should be enough to everybody to say, we don't have a crisis.
0: They say they have to pay to attract these administrators to work here. (laughs) Well, you know,
3: then that should be applicable to everyone. That should be applicable (laughs) to the staff who's here. We have to pay market salaries, right? Because we're behind. UCI does not pay market
0: salaries. Like like as a librarian, I know Cal State pays $10,000 more to librarians. A lot of our staff members... Uh, researchers are not
3: even close to being receiving market salary. Uh, A lot of our lab assistants don't receive market salary. Our computer resource specialists are definitely not at market salary. You know, and that's just on what I call the Rx research and the technical side, Tx. A lot of people at medical center are definitely not at market salary. So if they're going to make it applicable
0: to one, you make it applicable to all. You know, maybe uh, uh, now uh, let's talk about your your background. How did you get into this? You're from Georgia. I'm originally from Georgia. I like to yeah. say I'm
3: Georgia born, Georgia bred. When
0: I die, I be Georgia dead. <laughs> uh, I'm really from Georgia.
3: Um, I start out with my grandmother. My grandmother was um, the president of this organization called the Newtown Florist Club, huh. which started out as a as a as a group of uh, elderly ladies who would be the caretakers for family during bereavement. Huh. And they found out they were going to a lot of funerals uh, in my community, and which led them to ask questions to City Hall. In asking these questions to City Hall, we found out our community was built on an old toxic dump. Oh. And so that's why a lot of people were dying in the community. So it became more environmental organization. It became an environmental justice organization. Wow. Uh, transition was kind of quick. Yeah. Uh, so they've been fighting um, environmental uh, issues ever since then, and that's how I got involved. And then from there... I actually started working with uh, Jose Williams, yeah. which was Dr. King's one of Dr. King's doc, Dr. King's organizers,
0: lieutenants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was this in Atlanta?
3: This was in Atlanta. Yeah, this was in Atlanta. And what it, was he like? Knowledgeable. Yeah. Just, just uh, a wealth of knowledge, walking history.
0: Was he eloquent? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To get I a lot just of things done. He video was, of him. Yeah.
3: He, oh, you saw a video of him?
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, you video a few clips. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. He was all about getting the job done. He was all about change and progression. Yeah. And working with him, uh, him being my mentor, uh, it taught me a lot. Oh, yeah. It taught me a lot in life. Uh, and, and, and how, I guess you can say, how the, how the, the, the corporation works uh-huh, and uh-huh. how we're going to have to fight the corporation because we don't have the money to fight the corporations, if you will, but we have the resources. To do it.
0: And that is the people power. Oh, I see. Yeah. How about the police there? There must have been a lot of ha- uh, hassling by the police. It, it was
3: it's, it's, It was not as bad. Uh. Um, I'm pretty sure further back in the day. We were talking about with Dr. Are you talking about yeah. with Jose Williams?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, it was not as bad. A lot of the police officers in Atlanta had a lot of respect. Uh. Now, we, we, did, we did travel to a lot of the smaller towns. Sure. And we got harassed then. Yeah. But it was not as bad. It was definitely not as bad as uh, as you would think uh, because a lot of, like, again, in Atlanta, police had a lot of respect. I'm an ex-police officer myself. Right. Really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so ha, uh, That's a, a, a surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you join the force? Injustice is injustice. Um, I, I became a police officer uh, to help, uh, to make the community better. In Atlanta? Uh, in Gainesville, my hometown. Oh, well started out as a. Uh, Gainesville, military, Gainesville. Georgia. Georgia. Sorry. Georgia. Yeah. I uh, started out in the military as a military police officer. Ah, yeah. And then transitioned to a deputy sheriff. And I wanted to make the community better. That, that's why I saw myself, my contribution in life, making my community better.
0: Is that possible to be a cop and try to make things better? It is.
3: Really? It is. Because huh. I did it. Huh. I did it. You know, I would leave from my job and go pick up a picket sign. And, oh. <laughs> so, uh, and participate in community events. Um, once people a lot of people want to get involved, they just don 't know how to get involved, yeah, and the two gentlemen before me spoke of you know telling the students find out what is going on and go to those meetings and participate right and so i 'm going to echo the same thing there 's a lot of things going on if people want whatever it is that you want to do and participate in with the innovation of the uh, internet, you can google it and you can get involved with that group and make a positive contribution and so people 's involvement and I say this to everybody: people's involvement does make a difference, for sure. How about um, in
0: Irvine? Do you get hassled? You have dreadlocks, <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, I mean, do the cops hassle you? Uh, not at all.
3: Uh, I haven't had any problems with the with with Irvine PD nor uh, UCIPD. Um, UCIPD, of course, union. Well, most all of police officers union haven't had any problems at all, uh, which is a good thing. Um, I, now my problem in Irvine has been, uh, you know, uh, I don't live here uh, because that was a problem. Uh, now that that was an issue because I would show up at somebody's door and they would see me and say, um, "Okay, well, we rented the, the, yeah, <laughs> like, the, the place out already." Yeah, we rented the place out. You know. Um, and I was like, "Oh, I just told. I just called you five minutes ago, and you told me to come." So huh. yeah, you. I experienced a lot of. Now I have experienced uh, a lot of yeah, that, which yeah, yeah, is. You know you look at that and say that's very uh that's very disturbing this day and time, like, yeah, you know you can't change people who don't want to be changed,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. but
3: it never has deterred me uh-huh. i uh-huh. I kind of have experienced more racism out here in California than I did in Georgia go figure huh. but uh. i'm not uh I'm not discouraged by that I'm gonna keep the fight going, that's why I'm here on this earth, I have to keep. Pushing forward, educating people, and and keep pushing the envelope until we able to achieve what we need to achieve as the human race, and that's equality.
0: Is, uh how did you get into uh, working as a union uh, organizer and union activist? Uh, actually, through Jose Williams. Yeah, um, we were
3: doing a lot of things in the community, um, a lot of positive changes in Atlanta. Uh, yeah um working with jose williams and he said i want you to go get as much experience as you can uh across the spectrum of organizing and so i participated in a uh, a program called union summer Mm. uh, back in 1996 and uh, in doing so uh, we took a cadre of young folks um and put them spread them all across the country doing union activity and doing work and it was a very uh productive and uh, fun. Yeah. Uh, and it yielded a lot of great results and it gave exposure. And this is the key thing. It gave exposure to a lot, to a lot of college students. Yeah. You know, yeah. About about working unions, conditions, working yeah. conditions and unions. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, a lot of us that a lot of young people now that are growing up have no idea. Even a lot of our union members don't even have no idea of unionism and what it took. they, People's perception is everything I got. I got it from the government. I got the four hour, forty hour a week. I got it yeah. from the government. Eight hours a day, child labor laws, uh, family medical leave act. They attribute all this to the government. Actually, it was the workers right. through unionism who got these
0: things. I have a bumper sticker on my door at home that actually I put it on my door at home. It says uh, the union gave us the forty hour week. That's that's true. It,
3: it took for it took, and it's unfortunate, but it took. If you look at the civil rights movement you say wow that was a very powerful movement it, it, you look at these movements that took place in this country and then you have to say well what what about these worker movements and we always attribute that to um Detroit the the auto workers but it goes much further than that. it goes to the farm workers it goes it's across the board that people had to die you yeah. say people died in the civil rights movement but people died in the labor movement yeah definitely yes so that people could have rights to come to work and have working conditions and, and and not be forced into certain things and not mandated that you work a particular way and, and just treat it completely unfair.
0: Well, we're actually out of time, <laughs> so okay. we'll have to have you back. Uh, and so good luck with the strike. Okay, got one more
3: comment? Yeah. Uh, the 24th, Thursday the 24th at 12 noon at the flagpole will be the rally. So we are right. urging everybody to come out, and I'm going to get my phone number for people that need to call me. Uh, That number is 949-294-3359.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Michael Moore with Upti. And earlier we had um, John Bruning and Tim Brown from the Disorientation Guide, the new Disorientation Guide, the first historic one at UC Irvine, and their links from the Subversity webpage at KUCI.org slash Subversity. This is Dan Zhang signing off for Subversity. The opinions expressed on the show were not necessary. Those of the Regents of University of California nor the management of KUCI.